I would like to welcome you all very warmly to this retreat at Gaia House. My name is Yanai and this is Kirsten and we're very happy to be here with you for these five days of retreat. We'd like to take just a little time this evening to speak about the framework of the retreat and uh, some of what we'll be kind of engaging in as a, a foundation for being here together. Just want to check that you can all hear okay. We've got a new sound system here and uh, is it coming through clearly all right? If at any time you can't hear us, uh, this is now or over the retreat, if you can't hear us, please let us know. Wave your hand or something. We'll not assume you're trying to say hello, but uh, just speak a little louder. So, it's, a, uh, it's an interesting thing, it seems to me, to arrive here at Gaia House, to come to a retreat. Some of you, I know, quite a few of you here for the first time, and quite a few of you on retreat for the first time, and also a good number of you returning, coming back. Some of you having done this kind of thing over many years and on many occasions. And I'm always really actually happy to, to come sit down and to find a, a group of people. Uh, seems like a, a body of humanity who've chosen to spend a period of time on retreat. Who've chosen to Take some time to look at what meditation may offer, if it's something new. To deepen in what they may already, what you may already know is possible with it, if it's something familiar to you. And it takes quite an effort to get here. I know um, for some of you, you've perhaps had long journeys, and uh, maybe the challenges of the. A southwest train connection or not connection and uh, whatever else it may have involved it takes quite a lot to bring oneself to a place such as this even if one lives quite nearby there's still the, the need to kind of organise to sort out to take care of all the different things that go on in our lives that we put down for a little while to come on retreat and it seems that the, although the sort of the, the concept of meditation and even of retreat is something that's becoming more kind of acceptable or recognisable, not quite so weird and strange in our culture as perhaps it was a few decades earlier. So that there's a way in which it might not feel like we're entering into a, another whole universe. And actually, it's not so different from where we've been just before. But perhaps our intention is rather different. And it's our intention that very much guides and directs what's possible in any circumstance and equally, of course, in this retreat and being here. And, you know, much of our lives, I think, certainly quite a lot of time in my life, can be spent sort of dealing with things that need to be organised, sorted out, fixed, done, spoken to. Um, in some way or form and uh, 
for all of the wonders of our kind of technologically advanced world, it doesn't seem that the, the many sort of time and labour-saving devices and equipment for doing things more effectively and efficiently has resulted in, in a general sense of having not so much to do. I don't know, maybe it's different for you. But uh, that's not certainly what seems for me and for many. And so something about coming to a place where we're asked and invited to just put things down, to come on retreat, isn't to escape from our lives. It's not about getting away from the world or getting away from ourselves either, in fact, because, of course, our experience, our life that we know through our heart, our mind and our body, this will continue while we're here. We won't have a different body, a different heart, a different mind. And yet maybe there's the opportunity to see it more clearly or to meet it more fully, to bring perhaps a different relationship to this experience, a different attitude, a different intention. And within the the context of spiritual teachings and practice, there are many frameworks one can engage with. And here we'll be using the, the, the practices and the teachings that are drawn from the, the tradition we, we now kind of call insight meditation, which is a relatively new, we could say, tradition, lineage or <coughs> expression of spiritual teaching that's drawn very much from the teachings of the Buddha, who was a human being who lived in this world 2,600 years ago and who had many challenges and many questions about his life and many things that led him to really deeply ponder upon what would be the most important thing to do with this life what would really make sense and those questions really they led him to a a degree of commitment in the exploration a degree of really wholeheartedness in the exploration of his life that blossomed and flowered in some remarkable discoveries, some remarkable understanding, which he shared with others and which those people have shared and which in generations spanning centuries and, in fact, two and a half millennia have been shared from one living generation to another. And so the practices and the teachings that uh, very much inform what we'll be doing here together are owe a lot to that that teaching and that tradition and yet equally are drawn from our human experience, equally are about what it means to be what we are, what it means to be you, what it means to be me, what it means to be us, which is something kind of ordinary, simple and not necessarily esoteric or mysterious. And yet at the same time, something that has an element to it which isn't so easy to pin down or to really kind of get to the bottom of, so to speak. And for all that science has you know, done so much in deepening our understanding of the world and of ourselves, our biology, our psychology, our physiology, our history as human beings, there's certain things we can only really understand through encountering them directly, through encountering our lives directly. And I think pretty universal in human experience is a a sense of interest in well-being and happiness. And this that we're engaging in, these practices, teachings and explorations that we'll share together, 
there's something that for me I found incredibly beneficial transformative I can't imagine what my life would be like if I hadn't engaged in this form of practice it may well have been quite fine possibly even better who knows because I didn't do that so I don't know what it would have been but over now for myself sort of 25 years of, of practice and exploration it's it's very clear to me that there's so much we can still learn, so much more we can discover about what it means to be what we are, about what is possible for us in this life, and to live with a greater degree of wisdom and kindness, of love and understanding. These are human qualities, human capacities. They're not something derived from or dependent upon any religious tradition or spiritual practice per se. But our access to them, our capacity to develop them, isn't something that necessarily gets a lot of support in day-to-day life. More often what's going on is the pressure to produce and to consume, to, to get ahead or just to stop ourselves sliding backwards. in whatever ways we might experience or perceive that. So coming on a retreat is an invitation to really meet ourselves, to meet our experience, and to see what is possible for us. The human heart, the human mind, the human being that we are has so much more possible for us, it seems, than perhaps we've been told in schools or in the normal cultural view of what our life could or should be. And the the call, the interest, the urge to explore, to look more deeply, to discover for oneself, this is something that it seems to me is at the heart of us all. That we all share in this, but not everyone finds their way to being able to live that more fully. And yet in all generations, in all times, in all regions of the world, there are those people who have chosen to do this, who have chosen to take time out, to be quiet, to be still, to focus upon what's most important in my life and what's possible for this life. Now these are the questions that really interest me too. These are the questions that my life turns around so far as I'm able to make that the case. And so, again, I'm very happy that you're here. And uh, I look forward to this exploration together. But this time I'll just uh, pause and pass the microphone over. So, myself as well, really want to extend a very, very, very warm welcome to you all. Happy that you made it here today and I'm really looking forward to our time together here in, in the next next four or five days. You know and as always you know we come into this hall and some of you I know some of you I or probably all of you will get to know to some extent and I'm really looking forward to this and also knowing that there might be quite quite a range of experience as Jana already said and I really hope that whatever is offered whatever is 
is given is really helpful for you wherever you are. You know, this is really our intention to be of support, to be helpful, to to support you in your journey of discovery because this is one way how we can see what we are embarking on here together in this time together. Journey of of discovering our our ability to be kind, to care, to respond with a compassionate heart. You know, a, a journey and a learning to trust more and more these movements in our heart. And I think it's equally a journey to nourish, cultivate, rediscover more and more our inner wisdom, our own understanding, and to learn to trust more and more our truths, what we discover. Even if sometimes, you know, this is very definitely, um, I can say from my own, from, of my own, from my own practice, sometimes what I discovered to be actually truer was very much not what I wished for. You know, it was very much against the grain of some very dear held beliefs and assumptions I had about myself, about life, and another. So it's really a journey to, to understand more and more, as Jana said already, this body, mind, and heart. And I think to, to really understand this body, mind, and heart, what I find really important, and I really want to just mention it, encourage you to open up to this, is the willingness to see afresh, to see with new eyes. You know, to open up to so that new possibilities can arise, you know, that new new things can show themselves, can reveal themselves. The journey of ongoing attention, sensitivity, inquiry, questioning. And all this is for the sake of Seeing clearer, understanding deeper, you know, an ultimate relief, our suffering. And this is what the Buddha embarked upon, you know, 2,500 years ago. It was a very passionate act when he started to teach. So this journey is for the sake of, of our caring and compassionate heart and it's for the sake of our wisdom, of, of, of the freedom we can realize in our life, in being human. When I um, came first to meditation, I just really want to mention it because I'm aware that you know some of you are pretty new to meditation. Somehow I had this weird notion that meditation was about inventing a better reality, you know, creating something which is a little bit better, and then I can escape to it. And actually, really, to, to have to disappoint you if this is around, you know, it's not about creating something better. You know, it's not about constructing something new, a parallel reality. 
It's actually about coming closer and closer, getting more and more interested to what, to what reveals itself, to our truth, to our reality, moment by moment, to open to our potential we have as human beings. So in whatever we engage with in the, within the, this time of retreat, you know, the frameworks, the practices, they are all, you know, they are all for the sake of getting closer, of seeing deeper. They are all for the sake to nourish our ability to love and care and to respond more and more from a wise and understanding heart and mind. And I want to speak a little bit about how to, how to create together really a supportive environment. You know, we are creating now together a container, a certain holding with which we support each other in our journey, in our discovery. You know, and there are some very well-tested ingredients who makes this a supportive, safe, uh, and nourishing environment. So it's probably hard to imagine after the busyness of the tea time. Um, after after this after this session, we start. We enter what I really like. This we start noble silence, ennobling silence. You know something. So many thousands of men and women have, have, have taken on, you know. Entering a silence of, 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 of speaking, you know, to, to support a calming down, to support some level of disentangling of our mind, you know, of centering our busy mind. You know, so much energy you know, can, can go into the speaking, into the verbal interaction. And committing to outer silence helps us to simplify, to connect more deeply with ourselves. You know, really, it's for for helping us to support us to be, become more and more present to ourselves and the experience, so that the experience can reveal themselves in our field of awareness. And of course, it's, you know, it's outer science. So we're not speaking anymore. We're not engaging in conversation anymore. And it doesn't mean that your mind will be silent. There might be still a lot of conversation going on. But again, this is part part of the territory we are embarking on. And I'm aware that some of you will love silence. You probably can't wait for it to start. You know, relish the freedom and the space which come with silence. You know, maybe having already direct felt sense of the beauty of being together in silence connecting on a very different level in a very different way than we usually do. 
And for others, it may be seen as something rather difficult to engage with. Mm. Whenever I mention that I love doing retreats, what people point out is that they can't imagine being in silence. I I couldn't do this. Sounds horrible. No, I'm not speaking with each other. You know, very, very often, many of us really associate with being in silence, not engaging in verbal exchange, with something which is, you know, somehow loveless, without any care. Maybe have like might have an oppressive quality to it. You know, might seem heavy, cold, and joyless. And really invite you to be really kind if this response is arising in yourself as a reaction to the silence. <coughs> and at the same time, also inviting you to open up really to the possibility that what we perceive in this moment is most likely based on some past experience and also associations. And they might be not the accurate picture in the present, of the present. So really an invitation, if you have difficulties with being in silence, opening up, that there may be another way to relate to silence. Can we actually see it as a gift? A very precious gift we're giving each other. Can we see it as an expression of our care and our love? And as an expression of our respect for ourselves and each other? And then we may discover that silence, far away from being something desolate and lonely, maybe, can actually create quite a lot of space in ourselves, can give us the permission to actually relate to another in very new ways. You know, might be even, you know, might be even a deeper way of relating. And I find it always such a relief, you know, when I enter a silent retreat, I can just let go of all my stories. I don't have to explain myself anymore. Such a relief, you know. I'm Kirsten, na na na, that's what I'm doing. That's, you know, like this whole um, stories which we, we bring when we, when, we, when, we, when, when we introduce ourselves, when we contact another. No, it gives, gives me the permission to live for a time without these stories. I don't have to churn them up. You know, and this actually might invite that you discover new sides about yourself, that you discover new aspects of your being. You know, maybe seeing the silence as an opportunity to see us with new eyes, to see us afresh. So in terms of being in silence with each other, in some traditions it's really strict, so really you're discouraged in, in some traditions to not have any eye contact. In Gaia House, it's really fine if there is eye contact. 
You know, if if you might uh, if you pass someone in the corridor and there is a smile arising, smile. But also respect. Be open to the possibility that the other person is not smiling back. Or, you know, just like, you know, it's not that we have to become like, like cold and, and stern and, 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 and disconnected, but also knowing, you know, sometimes, you know, we, we look for an, an affirmation in another. And not to make this wrong, you know, we maybe smile at another because we want to have some kind of contact. Absolutely fine to have this human human yearning and also being open to the possibility this is not what you're getting back. Because actually really honoring, this is really about honoring each of, of us and another to be exactly where they are. And the, and the silence, the being in silence with each other um, really also supports an attitude of, of simplicity. So during the retreat, we really have the luxury, and I really do see it as a luxury, to be able to keep it simple. You know, at least regarding our our environment, our outer, our outer environment. You know, our inner life may at times seem everything else but simple. But at least we don't have to take care of anything regarding our uh, outer environment. You know, following a schedule. You know what to do next. You know, it's all very clear, very simple. And again, this can come with a real sense of relief. You don't have to do uh, to decide what to do next. No, we we have the opportunity to really focus here, right now, with no worries about anything um, regarding our immediate comfort. All this has been taken care of. no major decisions to be made during this retreat. And this is really, I think, it's a very precious opportunity, as I see it for myself. It's like we actually get rid of all this clutter, also a little bit what Jana spoke about, you know, with all the gadgets, all this business we can get into. You know, it's like an opportunity to keep it simple, to strip, stripping off our day of the clutter that normally can obscure the easily, easily the immediacy of this moment, the immediacy of being alive. And other ways to support this simplicity is really an encouragement to put aside all books, all reading materials, all whatever you brought along, and just put them aside. Allowing yourself really to be, to, to be here without reading about things, but about experiencing it. Not about getting any new ideas on a cognitive level, but about 
getting new ideas because you directly experience what it means to be alive, to breathe, to have a body, to be aware. Because all we need to discover, all we need to learn, and it's not a discredit books, not at all, they're wonderful, but for now, all we need to learn, all we need to discover, all we need to understand is right here. You know, it's right here in this moment of experience, in this body, mind and heart. So with this not reading, of course, also comes really uh, ask you not to not to go into the library and use the library. And it's not because you know that there are any secret esoteric texts you are not mature enough yet for, but it's just because we're keeping it simple. And equally, really discouraging you to. Um, to to write excessively. Sometimes we have this idea, you know, that we have to keep something, we have to write it down, you know, after every meditation sitting, you know, we write down our experience. You know, I, I, I do this sometimes that I write things down, but actually, honestly, I never look them up later ever again. So it's really about um, trust. Trust what you will under what you understand, what you learn. If it's important, it will stay with you. Maybe not in a in a well phrased um, sentence, but it will somewhere land in your being. You know, the seeds will be planted. Also, ask you not to write any notes to each other. So if there's any concern you have about another being on this path, let us know or the managers know. And you can write, uh, if you have any questions, you can write notes, of course, to, to, to Jana and myself if you need some additional support or you have some burning questions you, you don't think can be answered in another way. That's really fine. And lastly, I just want to mention with this attitude of simplicity is really um, not, it's actually more than an invitation. <laughs> you know, I don't know how to formulate this in a nice British way. Um, it's not an invitation, it's, it's more like a, a, a how, how could I say, request or is it too strong? Instruction. Instruction, that's <laughs> good, thank you. <laughs> The instruction, you know, to really um, give yourself the permission to turn off your mobile phones, your tablets, your blueberries, <laughs> your iPhones, your iPads, whatever it might be. You know, all these different gadgets we can have, you know, and I, you know, I have one, so... And that I'm, I'm free from it. To really give yourself the permission for this time, you do not be, need to be connected to the rest of the world in this way. You do not need to be connected. And if there's anything you still need to arrange, do it this evening. You know, send a text, leave a message, 
I'm out of reach for the next five days. This was actually quite normal not so long ago to be out of reach for some time. Since long ago, long ago, but you know, not so long ago, I, I was uh, working for some time in West Africa. We could only send a letter, and the letter would take six weeks. And it's not that long ago, you know, and I, I was pretty happy back then. I could live with, and of course, you know, we get used to these kind of things. I really, really encourage you to turn off your mobile phone. If you don't trust yourself, you can hand it in, give it to the managers. They will take good care of it, and you will get it back at the end of the retreat. Okay, so I wish you a wonderful retreat, and I pass you back to Jana for now. So I kind of find myself moved listening to add my enthusiastic encouragement to you. Um, so it's actually really, really important that you follow what Kirsten just suggested around the electronic stuff. It's not just a good idea or maybe a, a nice thing to do. But in terms of really allowing yourself to receive what this retreat can offer from you, offer for you, offer to you, to the extent that you can put all that stuff down, to that extent you can really allow yourself to receive what's here. And uh, I've had so many stories from people who over the years have said, I thought I'd just check my texts, or I thought I'd just, and I didn't think it would have any effect. And um, it always does. And sometimes not at all the one one wished for. So the way I tend to frame it is, you know, the world can get by without you for just a few days. And in case it's not sure that it can, it's really great to give it the opportunity to practice. Because one day it will have to get by without all of us. One day the world will not get to have us to take care of it. And so just for a little while, we're taking care of something more immediate. And one of the elements of that taking care of what's immediate is it's something about what it is for us as human beings to live in this world. There's a vulnerability, there's a sensitivity that we have, that we've all, I'm sure, in different ways, known the impact or the effect of behaviour, of activity around us, seen the effect of our own behaviour, our own activity on others, equally as on ourselves. And we realise that actually we're both very vulnerable to being impacted by things and we're also rather powerful insofar as we can have quite a lot of impact. And sometimes just a few words said with kindness can really touch someone's heart and a few words said with slightly less kindness can really, we can experience them as deeply painful or divisive or hurtful. And so within the framework of this being together as we will be for this next five days, we form something of a community. And together with the silence and the simplicity of being together, the, the third and essential foundation of the retreat is, a, is a, a framework of intention to refrain from causing harm. This is one of the things that the Buddha would often ask people about when they were interested in what he was doing. He didn't necessarily come straight out with sort of meditation instructions or some sort of profound and wise teachings of 
mystical spirituality, often we would ask people, is, you know, do you like getting hurt? Do you like suffering? Do you like pain? And people would pretty reliably and consistently say, no. And so this kind of very universal spiritual teaching, well, look, we ourselves don't like to suffer, don't like to be hurt. We don't like pain. I don't. Imagine you don't. And so having as a base intention for our lives, and certainly for this retreat, to not cause harm to others or to ourselves, so far as we can. Knowing that we're not in control of all circumstances, we're not always aware of what the impact of things might be, but so far as we can be, to have the intention to refrain from causing harm. This is really the importance and the significance of this cannot be stressed too greatly. And it's wonderful to see meditation becoming something much more accessible and acceptable and even acknowledged as transformative in our world in, in so many ways. And yet what I notice is that there isn't always with that the recognition of the, the place that, that this intention of non-harming places or plays within the transformative power of meditation. And so... In the context of being here on a retreat, we ask everyone who comes to undertake, here on this retreat and every retreat, to undertake this intention to refrain from causing harm, which is expressed in the tradition as the five ethical <coughs> guidelines or precepts to refrain from taking life of any living creature, including small and apparently insignificant beings who might sometimes be irritating or scary to us if they turn up in our space. And I'm thinking here, insects and little creatures. It's their space too. It's their, their place too. And we might occasionally need to relocate them. But to do so respectfully. Because their life, if you watch them, their life seems no less precious to them if we look at them and how they behave than our life feels precious to ourselves. And likewise, to be aware of the suffering that can arise around material things, to, to respect the things that belong to others, to not take or misuse that which isn't offered to us, and be respectful of, of people's things on their, on, their, on their mats or their, their things in the house. And it's, it's actually remarkable that here we can come and live together as a community, sort of, 50, 55 people on this retreat and 80 plus people in total in the house and no locked doors and no need for locked doors something really wonderful about living with that intention, that shared intention the third precept, the third guideline is to refrain from harmful expressions of sexuality which in the context of the retreat is to refrain from all intentional intentional sexual activity so it doesn't mean that sexual energy or awareness may not arise for us in terms of that whole realm of human activity which has its place and can be wonderful if we choose to include that in our lives but it's also something which we can consciously choose to put down not as a rejection of it but to see what's it like to be here as just human beings to look at ourselves to look at each other not looking for emotional or sensual sort of fulfilment and gratification from others, but just to be here by ourselves. And in that way, so we're not looking to others to entertain us or stimulate us or fulfill us. 
and to see that there's real fulfillment we can find in in our inner relationships and in the immediate relationships with our heart, with our body, with our mind. And we'll speak more and in many different ways about this over the days. The fifth precept is to refrain from harmful expressions of speech and in the context of the retreat, that means really keeping the silence, the noble silence, as, as Kirsten said. And, and it's sometimes not easy for us, you know. We might have come here with a friend, someone we're fond of and close to, a family member or partner. And we're not used to hanging around with them and not talking to them or being in the same space with them and apparently ignoring them and that. Or there might be someone we met at dinner time who we'd quite like to get to know. And maybe we can, you know, talk to them at the end of the retreat. But for now, there's an inner intention to refrain from doing that. That's part of the protective and safe space that we create together. There's a safety that we hold for each other in holding the silence together, really respectfully, softly, as Kirsten was saying, but respectfully, wholeheartedly. And the fifth precept is, and ethical guideline is to refrain from causing harm through the use of intoxicants, through alcohol, drugs, and such substances which cloud the mind. And in this we actually ask people to refrain from any use of such things while on retreat. If you're taking some medicine for the well-being of your mind or your body, that's fine, that's very different. And please, if you're using such medicine, please continue to do so while you're here on retreat. That's natural and appropriate. But apart from that, just having the intention to meet our experience as it is, to not need to kind of make it a bit more exciting or sort of sort of pad it with something sort of soft and cotton wool-like and the ways that we can be used to using things. And not just substances, of course, but equally we can use, you know, um, entertainment, television, internet as a way of kind of either stimulating ourselves or subduing ourselves, you know. Caffeine in the morning, alcohol in the evening. Isn't that how it works? Get ourselves going, charge ourselves up and then shut ourselves down at the other end. And it actually has quite a cost. Not to say there's anything wrong, ultimately or absolutely, with using such things appropriately and in moderation, such as caffeine and that. But for many people, it may not be those amongst us here, but it's not unusual that for some people it's really important to not use such things because it's actually really harmful. And so we actually support each other in doing this together. And it's really important that we do. So I ask here that we all undertake this together. And uh, I'm not going to ask you to put your hands up and sign on the dotted line that you've done so, but I'm trusting that this makes sense to you and that you see why this would be important. And I'd just like to invite you to take a moment at this point because we're, we're as, as Kirsten said, we're entering into the silence. And this is a kind of a solitude, a kind of being with ourselves that we enter into in the silence. Though as we may have some contact, we also may choose not to be making contact, to really let the sense of solitude deepen. And yet we are in this together. So maybe just take a moment, because we, we have the rather good fortune, it seems to me good fortune, I get to look at you whenever I open my eyes. Here you are, look at all this... Human beings, how wonderful, how lovely. You know, new ones, familiar ones, unfamiliar ones, to me at least. 
And you know, there's so many ways we show up. And we may feel, of course, at times some sense of difference in all sorts of ways. And I want to just say also that whatever difference you might feel is very welcome here, whether it be in terms of ethnicity, in terms of gender, in terms of sexuality, in terms of culture, in terms of religious or um, sort of ethnic background, in terms of um, colour, in terms of language, all of that. It's really welcome here. You're really welcome as you are. And within that, to have a sense that we are a community, we are a, in a way a village, in a way a household, literally, for these days. And you might like to, as I was speaking about looking, if you'd like to, you don't have to, to just take a moment and look around, see who's here. You don't have to say hello to everybody or smile at everybody or look deeply into their eyes. But just take a moment and see what it's like, this room full of human beings. He's kind of sometimes sweet and sometimes a little bit scared and sometimes a little bit kind of friendly and sometimes a little bit unsure. And whatever it is we might find in ourselves and around us. And yet this these this is our this is our retreat for this time. And we make this retreat together in this way. So in just a moment we're going to uh, have a short meditation together and a little speaking about it. But I'm aware that you've been sitting for quite a while and your bodies might be feeling a little tight or sore. So if you'd like to stand up and stretch or move or bend or wobble or wiggle or whatever, please stay here. We won't be here too much longer unless you're experiencing some kind of biological emergency. Um, in which case do what you need to do. But uh, just to take a moment to move, to stretch. (coughs) And uh, just check if you're giving yourself permission to do that or if you think it might look a bit strange or silly. It's okay to do something strange or silly as long as it's not going to thump or bump into someone else too much, or really at all actually. Um, Yeah, yeah, and if anyone feels like they need another cushion or mat or blanket, um, they haven't quite got enough. If you're too cold and that, or not quite enough padding underneath you, you're welcome to go and grab something at this point. And it's funny, I used to often find oh, I don't really need to get up and stretch. I could sit here for quite a while. I've been doing this a long time, you know. And it's very funny how that thought occurs to me because I really like getting up and stretching and it really feels good and nice. So the fact that I don't have to isn't really the point. Now, I'm not saying that you have to, but it's kind of interesting to see, okay, can I just allow a bit of movement or a bit of stretching, bending, something to be something that we could enjoy or just have a sense of as, a, as an offering to oneself just as the, the practice of those precepts I was speaking about just now it's really an expression of kindness to ourselves and each other to take care of ourselves and each other in that spirit 
And so this is a theme we'll come back to in lots of different ways over these days together. But when you've done what you feel you need to do, without rushing, you don't have to finish right now, but just in the next five minutes. <laughs> five, ten. Now I think probably we think of the next minute or two. Find your way back down to your cushion, to your seat, and we'll continue. like for now just really an invitation to really take some care to give some intention attention to take your seat to set up your posture Maybe sensing for a moment to your body what might be still adjusted, slightly changed, so that you can allow yourself to fully arrive, land, soften into this body, into this body breathing. Sitting as comfortable as possible. Upright in a balanced position. You know, and we might find that we need some time to, to <coughs> discover this balance, this uprightness, this beautiful combination of having a firm foundation a good base combined with uprightness, alertness, yet a sense of relaxation and ease. Just maybe for a moment, just see what it feels right now to inhabit this body. If there are any areas of tension, (coughs) any areas of tension which you can give the permission to relax, soften with the next out-breath. Breathing in, energizing your body, and with the out-breath allowing yourself to soften, relax, widen into this body. Having a sense of letting your shoulders maybe melting down your back 
dropping down, tucking your chin slightly in to help your neck to be straight. And again, maybe for a moment, sensing into your f- the muscles into your face, because a lot of tension very often is held in our face. Maybe relaxing the jaw. Might want to make a slight movement. Maybe wiggle your jaw. Letting your eyes sink into their sockets. And making space between your eyebrows. Arriving, settling into your body, taking up your posture. I would like to bring your mind and heart into posture, into position. Again, maybe bringing your attention, resting your attention for you for a moment in the center of your chest, the heart area. Simply knowing, getting interested what is arising there right now. Might be openness, tension, warmth, whatever it might be, knowing it. No need to make it different. like to, to start this very first sitting together already with an invitation towards an intention of goodwill, of well-wishing. Again, nothing to force, but really just to have an intention towards goodwill, an attitude of goodwill of well-wishing. Maybe just contemplate for a moment or two, why are you here? Why are you here? What is your motivation? It might be a whole range of different motivations. But I think it's fair to assume that they have one thing in common. That at their very bottom there is some kind of yearning for a sense of well-being. 
or a sense of happiness. Inviting yourself to open up to the possibility to wish yourself a sense of well-being. Maybe very gently just having the phrase in your mind, may I be well and may I be happy. May I be well and may I be happy. Because this is ultimately, I suspect, why we are here. You know, it can be challenging to wish this for ourselves and really just very lightly playing with this thought, playing with this intention. And this wish for our own happiness does not exclude that we wish this for others. But for now, allowing ourselves to connect with this well-wishing. And simply coming back, coming back to experience of this body breathing. Becoming aware of the movement of breath in your body, wherever it's easy for you to connect to the sensations of breathing in and breathing out. There's no right and wrong place to connect to the breath. Let's see, where can you have a direct felt sense of the fact that you are breathing, resting your attention here. This is our intention for now, resting with the sensation of breathing in and breathing out. <clears throat> Knowing our breath, listening to our breath, connecting 
with a breath, with a body breathing. Place to return to, no matter how many times we get distracted. No matter how many times our awareness gets pulled, gets pulled into thoughts about the past, the future, fantasies. simply return to the sensation of this body breathing. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.